Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Today I'm joined by Allie Marcus, and we're discussing some different questions that you submitted to her Instagram story. Allie is a full-time college student who balances living a healthy lifestyle, working a part-time job, and a fitness and healthy lifestyle social media presence. She's a content creator, former athlete, future school teacher, and personal trainer in the making. She's found health and fitness at a young age through sports and recently discovered her passion of weightlifting after becoming a retired athlete. For more on Allie, you can find her on Instagram and TikTok at Allie, that's A-L-L-I underscore M dot fit. Before we get to this episode, here's a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by CTM Band and CTM Recovery Products. These are the exact soft tissue recovery tools that I'm using on myself and with my patients day in and day out. CTM Band was founded by Dr. Kyle Bowling, a sports medicine practitioner who treats professional athletes, and he was a former guest on the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. You can check out his website at the link below and use the coupon code BRAWN10 to save 10% off your order from CTM Band. Allie, welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So for people who aren't familiar with your Instagram, TikTok, all your social media channels and who you are in general, would you mind kind of filling us in about who you are and your fitness journey? Yeah, of course. So I'm Allie. I'm a senior in college. I'm about to graduate. I am just someone who's really interested in health and fitness. I'm actually in the process of getting my NASM certification. So I'll be heading into online coaching pretty soon here too. And um, I'm in school to be a teacher. So my future looks a little bit busy with teaching and personal training, but I'm really excited. I'm a small content creator. I've worked with a few brands here and there. So yeah, that's what I do with my time. That's amazing. And I love how you're kind of combining the education side of things with fitness, because I I don't think it's any news to anyone that unfortunately people aren't getting more healthy or more fit. So clearly we need people who can help instruct and educate people while also bringing a good health and fitness knowledge background. Yeah, for sure. And also I like dabbling in the social media because it makes it fun too. Um, I think a, a big part of fitness for someone who's really interested in it, it has to almost be like a social aspect to it as well. Because if you're doing that, like me, I spend like three hours at the gym and I don't want to spend my whole time there not talking to anyone with my headphones on, you know? Right. So with social media, I like connecting with other people and trying to talk to people at the gym, maybe meet someone at the gym. I don't know. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Fitness is definitely better when it's a social thing and you can share it with other people and connect with like-minded people. I'm curious, might you have met anyone like someone special at the gym or connected with your special someone at the gym? Yeah. So that's interesting. So actually before this podcast, I put up a little question box on my Instagram story asking if anyone had any topics that they thought would be interesting to talk about and a huge topic was gym crushes how to um, approach your gym crush or how to meet someone at the gym or date them or whatever and um, yeah I actually had somewhat of a recent experience with that Um, my advice for anyone wondering if it's a good idea to um, 
progress with someone at the gym, I would say if you're willing to take a risk making the gym a little bit uncomfortable, then yeah, sure, go for your gym crush. But if you want to keep the gym a safe space where there's no discomfort involved, there's no, like, you just have friends there, I would say keep gym crushes um, out of your mind. Because um, my recent experience, I did end up trying to pursue something with a boy at the gym. It didn't go well. And now I feel a little bit uncomfortable at my gym. So there's my take on that one. Now, I find it interesting that you called him a boy and not a man. Was he a little bit immature, perhaps, or? Um, I, I don't want to bash anyone here. <laughs> I wouldn't say he was immature. It just, we wanted two different things. We we're at two different points in our lives, and there was just some misunderstandings, but no bad blood. I can imagine that would make things a little bit awkward at the gym, right? Like you're doing something and all of a sudden someone catches him looking at you or vice versa. You know, he's doing something and you just so happen to be looking that direction or you want the same machine or whatever. It can certainly make for some awkward situations. And if you can avoid them, that's probably ideal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you're certain the whole gym coach thing is going to work out, maybe try approaching them, maybe go for it. But if if it's a little unsure or if you're iffy, avoid it. Just avoid it. That's my advice. For sure. So let's say you don't avoid it, right? I'm playing devil's advocate now. So your advice is, hey, avoid it. Don't go down that road. But what if someone really wants to? What's the best way that, let's say, a guy could approach a girl at the gym? What would you want a guy to do to approach you at the gym? So as I said, like, I'm not that kind of person that wants to go to the gym and keep my headphones on, keep my head down and not talk to anyone. I mean, we all have those days, but I would say just like be a normal person and just go up to them when they're not doing something like when they're resting or if they're looking down at their phone, just be like, Hey, maybe give them a compliment. Just say like, I hope you have a good workout if they just got there or something like that. Just keep it normal. Keep it casual. Like the gym is not some like foreign place that like all of a sudden all social skills are like shut off you know really normal (laughs) yeah shocking right some people think that it is and i i think it's important to mention that you don't want to approach someone when they're mid-set i think that's a big pet peeve for anyone guy girl or whatever and i don't think it's good to approach someone when they have the headphones in when they're in that hood up like hood down like shut out the world kind of mindset. Like you'll know when they're in that kind of headspace, so to speak. And I don't think those are the times that you want to be introducing yourself to someone. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say, just use your, what word am I looking for here? Like not street smarts, help me out here. Use your common sense, maybe. Like I would basically just want someone, like, like I said, if I just got there, if they were there, just be like, oh, hey, have a good workout. Or- Sometimes, like, if they don't know my name, just come up to me while I'm resting mid-set, even if I'm looking at my phone, like, as long as I don't have my hood up and my hat down so you can't see my (laughs) eyes, just come up to me and be like, hey, I see you here a lot. What's your name? Like, that's nice. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the other piece I like, too, is ask questions because people have this natural instinct that they want to help other people especially if you ask them about like, hey, you know, could I get a spot on this exercise, right? Or maybe you saw someone doing something that you're not familiar with. You're just like, hey, I like that. Could you show me what that is or tell me more about it, right? People have a natural inclination to help others, unless you're like that 1% that just wants to watch the world burn. 
And if that person is that 1%, you probably don't want to pursue something with them anyways. Yeah, no, exactly. You hit the nail right on the head there. And I think the other piece that people forget about meeting people at the gym is it's not like you start talking to someone and you're instantly going to get their number, follow them on Instagram, get the Snapchat, get the TikTok, get the MySpace, send them smoke signals every night, communicate via Morse code, via between sets. <laughs> I don't freaking care. Like it's not going to happen instantaneously if you're interested in someone. And that should be like natural for people who go to the gym because the results don't come instantly. It takes days, weeks, months, years. So if you're truly interested in someone, you're not going to like land a date with them or anything like that on the first time you open your mouth to them. It's probably going to take a little while and you kind of have to trust in that process a bit. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially like a place like the gym, because that's where you're going to see them every day, probably if they go at the same time and it's going to be a slow progressive thing. Like it might start out as a casual, Hey, then the next time a conversation, then the next time, another conversation, you just never know. So yeah, I would say, take it slow. For sure. For sure. And also pick up on the nonverbals, right? Like if you're talking with someone at the gym and like, say I'm talking to a girl, this is just a hypothetical example. This has never happened. But if I'm talking to a girl at the gym and I can't keep my eyes on her eyes and I start wandering elsewhere, that's probably not going to reflect too well on me. And likewise, yeah. if you're a girl approaching a guy at the gym, if you want to say something to him or talk to him and you can't even look at, look at him, that's probably not going to go too well for you. Oh, one thing I would say definitely do not do. This has happened to me so many times. Do not, if you see someone at the gym, like find them on social media, but don't say anything to them in person and message them on social media or like follow them because that is so weird to me. <laughs> It's so just big, no, big, big red flag. Please don't do that. I've had that happen a few times before. And I've had, uh, there, there's this one story. I keep telling it over and over again. But the first time someone came up to me in the gym and goes, hey, I love your podcast. Like it kind of freaked me out at first because they knew who I was, but I didn't know who they were. I was just like unsure how to proceed or how to react with that. Um, at first, I ended up following them on Instagram, finding them. And we had a great conversation and all that. But it's just interesting how people know you online, but they don't know you in person. And I think that's very backwards. I think we should have the in-person connection before the online connection, one. And two, that's a great way to keep a conversation going. Hey, do you have a fitness social media? What's your handle? Or hey, do you need someone to hold a phone for you, do a camera thing for you, right? Because I think we've all seen at least one person at the gym who's doing that awkward like phone Tetris game, trying to get it balanced just right. So they get the right angle and right lighting and all that. And sometimes it's just easier if you help out. Again, going back to what we talked about earlier, offer a helping hand or be a helping hand. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And for me, it's not even like, I've had people come up to me and be like, oh, I follow your Instagram. I don't even think that's weird, but I think it's weird when I just saw someone at the gym, but they saw me clearly, but didn't say anything to me. And then they'll message me and be like, hey, like, you just saw me in person. Why are why didn't you just talk to me in person? Yeah. And I, I think people in general should be confident enough to approach you in person, right? Because if people aren't comfortable enough to approach you in person, but they can approach you behind a screen where, you know, they can take all the time they need to respond or edit things out, that sort of thing. 
to me, that's a little bit of like a yellow flag, like proceed with caution. I think there's so much value in the in-person, like, you know, in the moment kind of connection and interaction, as opposed to one where, you know, you can send a message and take a full day to respond. Oh yeah, I would totally agree. And I love how you said yellow flag, proceed with caution. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's red, yellow, and green, right? Oh yeah, I just never thought of it that way, but I'm definitely gonna start thinking about it that way now. <laughs> right, right. Like there, there's certain things when it comes to the gym that are like major red flags, right? Like if someone walks by you and crop dusts you, like that's it, you know, rule them out. But there's other things that are green flags, right? Like, like I said before, if they offer to give you a spot or if they're like, you know, just kind, general, welcoming, that sort of thing, like just a general nice person, then yeah, why not, you know? Yeah. I completely agree. All right. So I can pull up my little question box if you want to go on to another question. Yeah. All right. Let's see. I kind of like this one. I thought it was interesting. It was, if you could tell your younger self something, what would it be? Uh, that's a tough one. I did think about this one when I first saw it. And I would just say a lot of my fitness goals have taken much longer to achieve than I would have expected or wanted. And I would just tell my younger self, like, just be patient. That's so cliche, I feel like, but like the results that you want realistically will take so much longer than you think. Like I would think, oh, I'm going to get shredded for summer. I'm going to do an eight week cut and then I'm going to be shredded. No, it's not like that. It, it's probably going to take you six months to look how you want to look. So I would just say, be patient, take your time with it. I wish I would have known that and understood it and accepted it at a younger age. Right. I, I think the expression is people underestimate what they can accomplish in five years, but overestimate what they can accomplish in a month or something like that. You have to look at the bigger picture instead of the like short term in the moment. Uh, there's a, another quote from, uh, I think it's like a quarry workers creed or something like that, that we who cut mere stones must always be envisioning cathedrals, right? What you're doing in the moment doesn't compare to the bigger picture, the end goal kind of thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh my God. You really pulled those quotes out. That's good that you memorize those. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I read a little bit in my free time, which is advice I would give to my younger self. One, spend more time reading and learning because kind of like you, I learned a lot by making mistakes and mistakes are a very valuable teacher, right? You, you, you learn best when you screw up in my own opinion, but sometimes it's nice to take advice from other people who have succeeded and are successful in what you're doing. And I don't necessarily mean like, you know, the fitfluencer online who's got 5 million followers and probably takes a little bit of this, if you know what I mean. I'm not saying that all fitfluencers are bad, but I'm saying yeah. that I've taken bad advice from some in the past. And I think it helps to kind of seek out one, you know, who am I getting my advice from? And two, do your homework, do your research, right? Like if I post something, take what I post and Google it, fact check me, I don't care. Like, you know, make sure that what I'm giving is actually sound advice and take the time and do your due diligence and putting your sweat equity before you walk in the gym. So that way you maximize your time in the gym. So you don't have to spend all day there to get the results that you want, because that's not conducive of life balance whatsoever. Oh, I completely agree. And like talking about time here, I feel like how I said, your goals are probably going to take a lot more time than you would project them to take. At the same time, yes, they do. But 
you would be surprised how quickly a year feels like it goes by. Like, I feel like my years go by so quick and then I can look back and be like, wow, look how much progress I made. But when you're actually in the state of setting the goal, you think, oh, I need to get this goal done in a month, in two months, when really it's probably going to take a year. So it goes by slowly, but at the same time, it goes by so quick. It's weird. Right. What I tell people is try and get 1% better every time you walk in. And I know that's like a cliche thing, right? But if you just improve a little bit each day, long term, it stacks up to amazing results. But don't try and run a marathon when you're or don't try and run a sprint when you're running a marathon, right? This is a long duration game. And I think that's another thing I would kind of look back on myself with is lately I've done a ton of injury prevention training because I don't want to get hurt in the gym, right? If I get hurt working out and I can't work out for months or months or even a year, I'm going to set myself back. And all that progress that I worked so hard for is going to disappear. I kind of had a little bit of a taste of that about three years ago when I had bilateral inguinal hernia surgery. Now, we have no idea when they came about. I just kind of looked down one day and noticed things weren't where they should be, uh, to put it one way. And I couldn't lift anything for a full month afterwards. So naturally, that sets you back quite a bit when you can't do any form of exercise whatsoever, right? Like you can't lift anything up. You can't do any kind of core work. You're probably not going to be doing any yoga. So that just moves your progress bar back. And it's important to keep that long-term game in mind so you can constantly be doing things to move forward instead of hitting those setback points. And I, I think that's in general how I've evolved my training over time, right? Like instead of just going to the gym to get bigger or stronger or cut down and slim down for summer, I've started to kind of evolve and say, well, I want to keep aspects of those training approaches in mind. I also want to make sure that I don't like destroy myself in the process. Yeah. And it is hard to find that balance and that fine line between a lot of stuff. Um, that brings me to another question. I know I was asked, I was asked a lot how to balance fitness and school. So we're both college students. We're both seniors. So do you want to talk about a little bit about how we both have balanced that? Yeah, sure. So personally, um, I've been a very busy person between, you know, full-time grad student, the business and podcast and a little bit of travel here and there. And I, I've tried to keep busy to put it one way. Um, and I've still been able to work out six to seven days a week, every week throughout grad school. And I know that sounds like a lot. It doesn't take seven days a week of training to see the results that you want to see. You can do it quicker, but I find a lot of mental benefit personally to the training. And I find okay. that amidst like all the stress and chaos that can come with college and work and life in general, fitness is a really nice outlet and I like to kind of escape life for a little bit so to speak and I found the best way for myself to do that is to get up and get it out of the way so ideally I wake up in the morning and I work out I've had to adjust that at times like instead of you know a 5 a.m workout maybe it's a 7 a.m workout but I like the feeling of get up get moving go after something and try and accomplish my goals put myself closer to my goals because that energy kind of supercharges me for the rest of the day, right? You get up, you go after it, you try and try and work, and then you leave and you feel satisfied because 
you're hopefully stronger or better than when you walked in that day. And that's the kind of energy that you can carry over into the rest of your day. Like, you know, I walk back from the gym, you know, it's 6.30 a.m., sun's coming up and other people are just starting to wake up and my day's already provided something for me. I've already gone out and, you know, checked some things off the box that I wanted to get done. And that kind of carries over into studying, classes, business, podcast recordings, whatever, because you have that newfound mental energy. Now, I understand not everyone is a morning person, and maybe you're better off doing you know, the opposite and training later in the day, training at night. And that's totally fine. Fitness is very customizable, and you know everyone's going to have a slightly different journey, but that's kind of what's worked for me, I'll say. Right, yeah, and I really like how you... I mean, you didn't use the word prioritize, but every, you described it in a way like you find time to work out six times, six days a week because you prioritize it. It just so happens that for you, you do it in the morning, which I think is so funny because I'm the complete opposite. I would <laughs> rather work out at eight o'clock at night than at five in the morning. I, I don't know what it is. I totally agree with you about like, I used to be a morning lifter. I used to be a morning workout person, but then it is such a good feeling when it's seven o'clock and you already got your workout in and people aren't even awake yet. But then I swear, once you go to nighttime, you never go back. I don't know what it is. I cannot get myself to get up in the morning anymore and lift. I can't do it. Like you said, you just have to prioritize it. And so I always, whenever I start my days, I have my top three priorities and those top three always change. So I like literally think to myself, sometimes I even write them down, like before the week starts, what are my top three priorities this week? Recently, it's been fitness, um, student teaching in no specific order, really, um, and family time. So I will make sure every single day I have time for those three things. And whether that be, I have to wake up early, I will wake up at 5am to do schoolwork or to make lesson plans. But I will always also make time for the gym at some point in the day, whether I have to wait until the afternoon, whether it's my normal schedule, because I, you know, have all my work in line. But whatever it is, I, I just do my top three priorities. And I make sure I hold myself accountable to that. Right. And it's okay if your overall like workout plan shifts a little bit day to day, right? Like some days you're going to have two hours to spend in the gym and some days you're only going to have 30, 40 minutes and you can still get results and move forward and just in general, go in the trend that you want to go even in less time. It's just a matter of, like you said, prioritizing. So what I usually do is I look at my workout and I say, okay, what's going to give me the most bang for my buck, right? So say it's like a stereotypical gym bro chest workout here. I'm not saying this is what I do, but this is kind of what I've seen a lot of people do. Probably something like barbell bench press, dumbbell bench press, dips, chest flies with dumbbells, chest flies with like a machine or cable, and then maybe like a push-up finisher, right? So six that literally different sounds exercises. like my chest day. That's so <laughs> Are you secretly a gym bro, Allie? I don't think it's a secret, honestly. <laughs> so- Take those six exercises, right? What would I want to cut out from those? Well, if I have a barbell bench and a dumbbell bench and a push-up, they're all the same pressing pattern. So I can probably take one of those out and still be okay. And two, I probably don't need two or three different fly variations. So I can probably count, cut at least one of those out. So now I've reduced my workout by two or three exercises, save myself, what, 10, 15 minutes easily. And although it's, you know, less total volume, 
it's still giving me more of a challenge with the, you know, exercises I do have, because maybe now I bump the weight up on them, right? I'm not doing as much. So maybe I can go heavier. Maybe I incorporate more reps, right? I can change up what I'm doing and still get the results I want, but do it in less time. Right. Yeah. I love that you said that because I definitely over the past year or so have been prioritizing my workouts. I used to do maybe eight exercises in one workout. Now I'll do maybe four or five solid exercises where I go hard. And I have actually found better results doing that than doing a crap ton of other exercises. It's ultimately a big quality versus quantity battle, right? Like if you go in and you do 20 different exercises, then are you going to get better at any of them when you're focused on doing another one, doing another one, doing another one, instead of focused on, I'm going to do this one, but I'm going to do it really well. Earlier, I mentioned like bulking versus cutting and like injury prevention and all that sort of thing. If I'm trying to bulk, I probably don't want to do 10 different isolation exercises. I probably want to focus on more compound, heavy type exercises that are going to give me more of what we're calling bang for our buck, right? I want to maximize my time and get the most benefit from my training. So if I want to build muscle for, let's say, quads, legs, glutes, whatever, I'm probably going to get a lot more benefit out of heavy barbell squats than leg extension machine to failure. I'm probably going to get a lot more benefit out of barbell hip thrust or step up variations or lunges for my glutes than I would, you know, sideline clamshells. And the same thing for cutting, right? Like if I want to cut down, I probably don't want to do two, three hours on a treadmill, right? That's probably not going to move me closer to my goals. But if I can take the workouts that I'm doing with the weights, maybe incorporate a little bit more of like an interval interval training focus or increase the intensity a little bit, right? Instead of resting for two minutes in between sets, maybe I cut it down to one. Sure, I don't rest as much, but it's going to get my heart rate higher. Right. Yeah. And the thing with bulking and cutting is I think definitely the way that I train, the exercises don't train at all or don't change at all. But what does change is the amount of weight that I do. So like, and that is just solely based on my energy levels. Cause you know, when you're bulking, you have so much energy because you're eating so much more food. So I'll, I'll be able to lift those heavier weights when I'm cutting. I would say I'm still pushing myself just as hard, but it just so happens. I'm not able to lift heavier. So I always tell people with bulking and cutting, the main thing that's going to change is your food. Your workout shouldn't change. You should still be pushing yourself just as much. Um, maybe doing a little more volume if you have the energy for it with bulking. But the main thing that's going to change is food and nutrition. You mentioned food. What's your oh, favorite yeah. foods, Allie? Do you have like a oh, favorite cheat meal? or? I just am a lover of all foods. It's so hard for me to pick. <laughs> but I really, really love sushi. Yeah. What's your go-to sushi roll? My go-to sushi roll. Probably just like a regular like salmon roll and tuna roll. I'm kind of boring, but it's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. You also strike me as a bit of a bagel person. I don't know why. That's funny because they're not my favorite. They are good though. I wouldn't, (laughs) I I would be fine without them though, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I got you. So what's the go-to breakfast food? Like where do you sit on the pancake, waffle, French toast debate here? Oh no. I am 
I've had the same breakfast for probably two years now and it's oatmeal, <laughs> protein oatmeal. I'm obsessed. Wow. Wow. Do you like change the flavor a little bit or is it always the same thing? Oh no, I got to change the flavor up, of course. Um, right now I have a pumpkin spice oatmeal or a pumpkin spice protein powder. It's so good. So you've got a pumpkin spice one, even though we're in like spring summertime here. Yeah. Pumpkin spice can be consumed at any time. It's so good. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think that speaks a lot to the volume of consistency, right? You've been doing the same thing day in and day out for years and you're getting the results that you want from it. And I know that might sound boring a little bit at times, but you find ways to spice it up or pumpkin spice it up in this case, right? You can take the same thing consistently and make small tweaks and changes to still keep it interesting and prevent it from getting like boring and old, but that consistency really breeds results over time. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's so funny that you, how you explained being consistent with food is literally the same way that you should be consistent in the gym, pretty much do the same exercises and progressive overload, but keep it fun and try new things every once in a while too, you know? Yeah. And change up, change up the music. If you want to keep it fun, just listen to something a little bit different, right? You know, I usually go in head down, hat on, hood up, that kind of thing we talked about earlier, like heavy metal music, like, you know, rage against the machine kind of vibe. But sometimes, you know, maybe we throw in a little bit of Ariana Grande or Tuv Low or something like that, like might as well have fun with it, right? Or, you know, I've done some country workouts before country workouts really hit different. Oh yeah, I totally agree. That's funny because I'm on a country workout kick right now. I, that's what I've been doing the past week or so. Yeah, let me tell you, God's Country by Blake Shelton, when that chorus hits, oh my gosh, it, it gets me going. Ooh, I'm going to have to add that one to my playlist, honestly. I know that song, but it's not on my country playlist. <laughs> and I, I think the going back to the importance of consistency, but still making small tweaks, we've talked a lot about fitness in the gym. You don't necessarily need the gym in order to increase your overall health and fitness level, right? If you're consistent about things like body weight workouts, you can still get results regardless of where you're at. I've seen people and challenged people in personal training sessions and physical therapy clinics, you name it, with just basic body weight exercises. And, you know, you get the arm shaking, the core shaking, legs shaking, just by doing very basic things just a little bit differently, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, I totally agree. And I always tell people, and oh my gosh, this ties back to what I would tell my younger self too. You need to find what you enjoy with fitness. So it just so happens that I love lifting weights. Like I could not go to the gym and force myself to lift weights every day if I didn't genuinely enjoy it. And I've gone through time periods where lifting weights wasn't my form of fitness. I used to love those at home body weight hit workouts. And that's what I would do. I used to love just taking my dog on long walks. So I would take my dog on long walks and not touch weights at all. So I always tell people, you don't need to go to the gym and lift weights in order to reach your fitness goals, whether that be lose weight, whatever it is, you can find what you like to do. For the longest time I played sports. I don't know if you're involved in any sports, but I played basketball and field hockey and lacrosse and I never touched a weight. I, I was fit and healthy because I played those sports. So yeah, you definitely don't need to go to the gym in order to be fit. You know, for people who hear that and they don't buy it, right? Like, you know, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a bodybuilder. I'm a power lifter. Like, you know, I, I can do push-ups all day long. That's easy or whatever. 
Um, my, my favorite thing to give people for home workouts is to change the tempo. That's one of the biggest things I do in my own training and my clients training. So take a push up. You're going to do one rep, set a timer. You're going to make that one rep last a full minute. I oh. want you to go down 30 seconds and then go back up 30 seconds. And you can apply that to any exercise, right? Body weight squat, body weight lunge, single leg RDL, just body weight, right? Like it's very easy to take something simple like tempo change and apply it to any exercise. And I guarantee you, no matter how strong you are, you will be shaking by the end of your first one if it's your first time doing it. Oh yeah, for sure. And I also think it really depends on your goals too, because obviously if you want, if you're trying to build a shape to your body, yeah, you need to be weightlifting. But if your fitness goals are just to have a healthier heart, then yeah, go on walks. Or if your fitness goals are just lose weight, you don't need to lift weights to lose weight. There's so many other forms of exercises. So it really just depends on your goals, I think. For sure. I do think you need to be building muscle in order to lose weight and keep the weight off long-term though, because muscle will burn extra calories even when you're not working out right so the more muscle you add on the higher your base metabolic rate is going to be i think it's like an extra 50 calories burnt per pound of muscle you add so naturally if you add on more muscle it's easier for you to get weight off and keep weight off long term we talked about this back in uh, the fall of 2021 with sal de stefano talking about his book the resistance training revolution so I think it's important to keep all aspects of training in mind, regardless of what your goal is. Oh, yeah, I would definitely agree with that as well. But in terms of just living like a healthy lifestyle, it I feel like people just sometimes think it has to be so extreme. And so like what you see influencers doing on social media, people forget that's their life. They literally their job is to work out. So people just yeah. I think need to keep that in mind for sure. Well, in some cases, their job is to work out and they spend four or five hours in the gym, like you said. In some cases, maybe they're on some type of performance enhancing supplement that helps expedite their results a little bit. And sometimes you use lighting, filters, edits, that sort of thing online to give what I would call like a perfect definition, right? And that's something that I try to keep in mind is I want to be transparent with what I put online. I want you to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, you know, if there's something that I do that doesn't go like I thought it would, or doesn't go as planned, I'm also factoring that into my own clients programs, right? Like, I don't want something that I can't do or something that, you know, doesn't make sense to me to go into the training of my clients. I want them to feel, you know, engaged, empowered and smart about things. I don't want them doing stuff just to do stuff. I want everything to have a purpose. Oh, yeah, I agree. And I think sometimes it's definitely hard to not compare yourself to social media or people that you see online. I think we all probably get sucked into it at some point or another, but yeah, it's just really important to just keep in mind that everything that you see on the internet is not real. Like I know personally, and I haven't done this to be like in any negative sort of way, but I've like went through time periods where I, I would struggle in my personal life, but no one from my social media would ever know because I still post a picture every day, smiling and post my workout no one's going to post a picture of them like crying. No one does that. Like, so what you see on social media is just very surface level. And sometimes it's hard to remember that and not compare yourself. For sure. I've seen a lot of that kind of stuff myself as well. Like I said, I think it's good to try and be transparent about that stuff, right? So 
I, if I'm away from social media for a long time, I usually do a little video. It's nothing fancy, nothing edited or anything like that, but I like to throw out the reason why. So for example, in January, I found out I had Lyme disease and I was not posting content for a little while. So I shared that and we're currently in the works of finalizing some podcast episodes, giving a deeper dive into Lyme disease, understanding it and what to do about it, that sort of thing. So sometimes it's about taking those setbacks that happen to you. Maybe you share them online, maybe you don't, and finding a way to use that and give back to people or empower other people, right? Because we're all going to have obstacles put in our way in fitness and life and whatever. But if we can use those obstacles to help inspire people, empower people to push through their own journey, then that's powerful stuff. And I think that's what influencing is all about, influencing people to live their best possible life. Oh yeah. And I love that. I love the idea of posting stuff that isn't all just glamorous on social media and just keeping it real, like posting your struggles. I'm definitely all about that because you have to remember, I know everybody says it, it sounds cliche, but Instagram is a highlight reel. Like people post, people post their best angles. Why would you post something that you don't look good in? Or why would you post something that isn't, you know, the best part of you? So I think I really appreciate those people that are do keep it authentic and do keep it real and honest. And I try to do that as well on my own social media. I definitely, maybe sometimes I overshare too, but I guess it's better than just glamorizing everything. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think it becomes a question too, right? Of why are you like, at the end of the day, ask yourself, why am I comparing myself to someone else? Because we mentioned earlier, everyone's health and fitness journey looks a little bit different. And Mm -hmm. if you don't believe me, every single human body is built a little bit differently, right? I took a cadaver lab where we dissected like 10 or 12 uh, cadavers and every single human body was a little bit different, even though they had all passed. So it's important to note that we're all built a little bit differently and we're all going to respond to things a little bit differently. We all have different genetic makeups and all that sort of thing. So who am I to compare my own journey to someone else's? I might have it easier. I might have it harder. But at the end of the day, it's got to be you against you and not you against someone else, right? Today is, you know, your victory over yourself of yesterday. And tomorrow is your victory over lesser men, I'll say. Right. I absolutely love that you just said that because something I had a very similar experience that completely changed my whole viewpoint on like my body image because I had a bio lab my freshman year of college, and it's a little bit different than human cadavers, but it was, um, we were dissecting pigs, like um, little ones, (laughs) and each, I noticed that too, like each one, they all had the same kind of like intestines and organs, but they were all a little bit different and a little bit differently shaped and sized. And that seriously, I tell people that and they think I'm crazy, but I'm like, that biolab changed my body image because I was like, wow, these are all the same species and they all have the same parts, but they're different. So why would I ever compare myself to anyone? Because everyone is so different and unique. Right. And I get that not everyone has the opportunity to what I call look under the hood, so to speak. But if you just take an example, right, pick a basic training program, right? Give it to 10 different people or get your friends together, get four or five of you together. You should all do the same training program and all do the same diet plan. Do it for two, three months. 
and see how you're all see where you're all at right someone's going to be the strongest out of the five of you or what however many there are someone's going to lose the most fat out of all of you you're all going to be at different points even though you're all doing the same exact thing so it, it's just impossible to compare yourself to other people when at the end of the day, even if you do the same exact thing as them, you're not going to get the identical results to them. And that speaks in general to the importance of individualizing your health and fitness regime and you know, seeking out experts who know what they're doing or who have helped people in the past with this stuff, who can kind of pick out what's going to work for you, what's not going to work for you, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think it's also important to note that sometimes it's not only comparing yourself like physically to people, like I feel like social media also might have tendencies to have people compare their lives to other people. And I've definitely struggled with that. And the way that I get through it is I constantly remind myself that what makes me happy or what makes me feel good is not going to be the same thing as what makes another person happy or feel good. So I would start asking myself like, what makes me happy truly? It sounds like such a simple question, but I think if people ask themselves that, like what matters to me? What do I want? What makes me happy? You'll be surprised at what you come up with and what you say to yourself because it's probably gonna be a lot different than those people that you're comparing yourself to. For sure. So now I'm curious, what is it that makes you happy, Allie? Is it a night out on the town? Is it a night you know, <laughs> drinking tequila? Or is it, you know, a quiet night in? What is it that, you know, keeps you going forward or what waves your flag or rattles your cage or whatever expression you want to throw in there? I've definitely had points in my life where I find imbalance. I'll either be going out, having way too many shots of tequila, <laughs> too long of a time, or I'll find myself, I hadn't gone out and had fun with my friends in months and I've spent all my time at the gym. So I love, what makes me happy is finding that balance, finding the balance between social, um, fitness, personal life. I love that. And something I'm working on right now, because it's always a work in progress, finding that balance. Well, I think it's important to note that you can have a balance, right? Uh, a while ago, we had Katie Be Happy on the podcast, and she's a yoga instructor. She's a Lululemon model, like you name it, she's probably done it. And she loves tequila. She made a big point at the end that she loves tequila. And I, I think it's important to note that like she's literally modeling for Lululemon. And she's just like, yeah, I drink tequila. I love that stuff. So to, to me, it's like, well, if she's drinking tequila and it works for her, I can probably afford to have a couple shots every now and then. I'm not saying it's an everyday thing, oh, yeah. but it, it's important to note that you can balance a little bit of having fun with the results and that sort of thing. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think the old me struggled so hard to find that balance because I thought I had to choose one. I thought I had to choose. I'm either that like party person, social butterfly, I'm going out every weekend, or I'm that isolate myself, go to the gym, only eat chicken and rice person. And it is so not like that. If you want fitness to be sustainable, you need to find that balance. I go out maybe once every two weeks. I'll go out every weekend if I want to. And it's not the end of the world. It's one night. Like, I wish I would have told myself that years ago. You mean to tell me college kids go out on the weekends? What? <laughs> I know, right? Crazy. <laughs> and they also go to the gym during the week. What? <laughs> and I, I think it's clear to make a point that this is all great information. 
But if your goal is to be the best, and I mean, number one, like, you know, Arnold classic winner, like, you know, best physique in a bodybuilding competition, strongest power lifter ever, like, you know, that kind of stuff. If you want to be number one, then doing these things won't put you at number one. But if you want balance, if you want to keep enjoyment in, you know, personal things and life things, and still keep that fitness element there and just overall living a healthier lifestyle. It's very doable and very possible. But I think it's important to ask yourself, where is it that I'm going? What is it that I want to do? Because if you're preparing for a bodybuilding competition or a bodybuilding show and you're two weeks out, shots of tequila might not be the best thing at that time. Afterwards, sure, go crazy afterwards. But just keep in mind that you have to, you know, individualize your own journey with health and fitness and keep your own goals and direction in mind, I'll say. Oh, I completely agree. And that's where I would keep reminding myself, like, what do I want for my life? Because I do, I am guilty of getting sucked into that social media trap where I'll compare myself. And I happen to follow a lot of girls who do bikini competitions and they're so strict on themselves. They look amazing, but I'm like, I do sometimes struggle with, well, I want to do that. I want to be that disciplined, but then I have to sit back and be like, what do I want? I want to be able to detach from my phone and enjoy my life and go out with my friends. And that's the reality of my life. The reality of my life is finding that balance and going out with my friends every once in a while or sitting around the bonfire, having a beer with my family. Like I like that and it makes me happy. So you just have, I just always have to ask myself that. Allie, this has been an amazing episode. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to close out with or anything that you want people to take away from this podcast? Um, I would just say wherever you're at in your health and fitness journey, just enjoy it. It's, it's really not that serious. I feel like sometimes I need that reminder, like life itself is not that serious. And that's just like the whole message that I want to spread. Just do whatever makes you happy. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Dan. I had a lot of fun. For sure. For sure. And Allie, for people who want to find out more about you, where can they find you on social media, website, that sort of thing? Um, Instagram and TikTok, I have the same username. It's Allie, A-L-L-I underscore M dot fit. All right. We will link to all of that in the show notes below. So in case you didn't get it, you can just click there. And Allie, this has been an amazing episode. Really appreciate your time. It's been awesome working with you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes and leave a review. This way we can spread knowledge and motivation and help reach more people. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you next time.